This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. We are coming into another transformative time in the state of the workforce. 2017 is going to mark the first year that Generation Z will be out contributing to the economy. Data says that this group, born between 1995 and 2012, totals 72.8 million people. But the key may be that they are supposedly a little bit different from millennials, partly because they're kids of the Gen X generation. Father and son combination David and Jonas Stillman fall right into that demographic. They've come together to author a book, Gen Z at Work. David has authored several books about generational issues. And uh, Jonah is an accomplished snowboarder, from what we understand, as well as an ambassador of a nonprofit. David, Jonah, welcome. Thanks for having us. Great to have you both. David, uh, best part of working with your son and his insight on this book. Uh, you know, the best part about it is I got to see firsthand what Gen Z thinks. And so we're living and breathing exactly what we talk about and trying to figure out how we could work together from writing a book to doing our corporate speaking. Uh, it's just been so fun to watch Jonah step into the role of a business person as Gen Z because I am so excited about this generation. Jonah, I'll flip that to you. Best thing about working with your dad on this project? You know, working with my dad has been quite the adventure. It's a lot of fun, and having all of his expertise in this uh, field of work has been nothing but help, and as I strive to his level of knowledge, it's been so amazing getting all that information, and it's been nothing but a good time. All right, so for you, Jonah, uh, you make uh, a point in the book talking about what Gen Z is really going to bring to the table here, and as I mentioned at the top, there are differences between Gen Z and millennials. Where where are the touch points that really people need to be focused on? Right, so uh, first and foremost, the biggest misconception as a whole is that Generation Z even exists. A lot of people believe that anyone under the age of 30 is a millennial and that we're all the same. And what's going to happen is, as you mentioned, as we start to enter the workforce for the first time this year, naturally, if people assume we're all the same, they're going to try to treat us the same. And that is going to backfire. Uh, compared to the millennial generation, Gen Z is a lot more competitive and independent generation. Millennials were raised to believe that if they work with their peers, if they collaborate, everyone can be a winner and everything's going to be okay. And you compare that to what I was told at a young age, I was told that there's winners and losers. And if I'm not willing to work my butt off, that there's 73 million other Gen Zers that are going to come right up behind you and take your job. So we are a very competitive and driven generation. So, David, what does that mean for corporate America? Well, I think what it means is, first of all, we've got to be training millennials on how to manage this generation. Millennials, what they brought to the workforce is extreme collaboration. They really were told, you know, two heads are better than one. They team together, a very collaborative generation. Now we've got a generation that's going to be much more independent and, as Jonah mentioned, very competitive. And I think we run the risk that millennials will dismiss this generation as not loyal, not team players. And it's just not true. They're coming in looking to a completely different lens. So I think step one is we need to train those who are going to be on the front lines just how different Gen Z will be from millennials. 
David and Jonas Stillman are the authors of the book Gen Z at Work, How the Next Generation is Transforming the Workplace. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, you can send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. Jonah, I I find it interesting that, you know, probably one generation could potentially get lumped in with the other. And uh, to a degree, I would think that the crowd in the Gen Z uh, group would probably at times be a little bit ticked off that they are. Yeah, you know, I think that there's, as a whole, and whether it's deserved or not, millennials do get a bad rap a lot of time. A lot of people, and part of the reason is because millennials are the most talked about generation in history. Everything you hear, whether it's in the news, social media, everywhere, it's all about millennials. And I think people are ready for a changeup, and what's going to happen, though, as you mentioned, we could be a little ticked off because people aren't even going to give us a chance as we enter the workforce. As they assume we're the same as the millennials, they're going to just assume that we have the same characteristics. You know, they might already be frustrated with us, and what they're going to have to learn is that we do work differently. And whether or not you think that's better or worse, it's just different. And when once we learn to adapt to the new workforce, I really do believe Gen Zers are going to bring some great aspects and contributions to the workforce. But, but one of the interesting things, David, is the fact that when you think about Gen Z and, and what their experiences are to this point, they are different a lot from, obviously, the baby boomer generation and, and Gen X and, and millennials in, in the respect of, of all the technology that they have had since birth, which which is an incredible, uh, I think, advantage at points and, and also a little bit of a burden at points as well. I would agree. You know, one of the seven traits that we identified for Gen Z in the book is fidgetal. And fidgetal <laughs> is where the rest yeah. of us have sort of blurred the lines between physical and digital. They see no line at all. Millennials really were the great technological pioneers. They brought a lot of technology to the workplace. We now have digital natives. So this generation just has only known a world where their phones are smart. They're not even used to talk on. They see, they're seen as computers. And so you're absolutely right. And it's the first time in history where the younger generation really is the authority figure on something that is so important to the workplace. One of the other things you bring up in the book, David, is is realism and being realistic. And part of that is is that their parents, the Gen X parents, they were these kids are growing up in the aftermath of 9-11. Yeah, well, what we really had, and I know you're a Gen Xer as well, is that, you know, what we had with Gen X is really the Great Recession. So a lot of the dinner conversations that Xers were having with their Gen Z kids were around companies that were trying to stay afloat, how hard it is, a little bit more survival mode. And as a result, we have a generation coming in that says, you know, I feel very lucky to have this job. A lot of, you know, the criticisms that millennials will get is they came – in as though, wow, uh, this job is lucky to have me. And so that switch up, because of the recession, as well as Gen X parents with some tough love, uh, 76% of Gen Z said they're willing to start at the bottom and work their way up. So I think it's going to be great. You also mentioned in the book, uh, Jonah, that this Generation Z is also uh, kind of the, the DIY generation as well. That's right. So if you think about it, we've grown up in a world where we have platforms like Google, YouTube, where we can really learn how to do anything at any time. See, if you think about it, if I wanted to learn how to retile my bathroom floor or if I wanted to learn how to speak Russian, any language, I could do all of that and anything in between 
all by logging onto YouTube. So if you think about that on a smaller scale, naturally, as that grows to a bigger scale, we're only going to believe we can do things like college education by ourselves. Gen Z is really going to college question, excuse me, higher education, because we really do believe we can do it ourselves. So that means that just on that specific example alone for college, the college itself is going to potentially go through a drastic transformation in the next 20, 30 years. They're already doing it uh, to a degree now, but it's going to be enhanced even further. Absolutely. I mean, it's an industry that's a little bit in trouble. I mean, when Joan and I are being called by corporations, the leading edge is just graduating college right now, so they're just getting to know they can be proactive. But if we get called by higher ed, they're already a little bit in reactive mode. And, you know, like Jonah mentioned, you have a generation that is sort of questioning uh, university. Seventy-five percent of this generation, you know, says I can get a good education without even going to college at all. It's not to say that there isn't a place for it, but it is, it is a harder sell to this generation. A lot of it comes down to the cost. 67% fear drowning in college debt. They've seen millennials go through college who are now just saddled with so much debt that they're saying, wow, you know, if I'm going to spend this money, I really better see a deeper connection between what I'm learning and how it applies. Jonah? 100%. And that's playing out in my life as I am a senior in high school now. I am fully living that. I'm questioning whether or not it's worth it if I should keep doing my public speaking. And then a lot of my friends feel the same way, that if they have this idea of what they want to do, they might as well try to do it by themselves before they go in and spend a lot of that money, like we mentioned, you know, on a college degree. But just having that knowledge alone, Jonah, is something, and, and David, you can chime in on this as well. I mean, I think back to, to my college days, uh, or, or I should say the end of my high school days. You know, obviously the world was a much different place, but I wasn't thinking along these lines. I was thinking, okay, I'm done with high school. My next step is college. And then after that, you know, I'm into the workforce. That's not the case anymore, David. Right. We know that 75% of Gen Z believe that there's other ways of getting a good education than by going to college. David? Yes. I mean, and what you're finding, too, it's, you know, a generation that's looking for alternatives. A lot of them will look maybe at an online degree. 50% believe an online degree is as reputable as a traditional degree. But really more, the value proposition needs to change. I mean, when people like you or me went to college, it was to discover ourselves. And when I entered college, I originally thought I wanted to go into science. I had a little stint uh, in forensics, and I ended up with a degree in journalism. So I just spent my four years figuring that out. Where Gen Z is very different. The value proposition now is almost a little bit more like a trade school because this 61% of Gen Z feels that if I'm going to go to college, I better know what I want to be in life. So a lot more pressure at an early age to figure out what you want to be. So now the value proposition needs to be, hey, you know what you want, we're going to get you there, versus the older value proposition, which was a little bit more about come discover yourself. This generation feels, like I said, if they're going to spend the money, they better know what they want to do. David and Jonas Stillman are co-authors of the book Gen Z at Work, father and son combo on this, how the next generation is transforming the workplace. Your comments welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. By the way, obviously, since we are at Wharton at the University of Pennsylvania, we hope that the college institution is not in trouble. We just want it to continue on and get better and, and, and work stronger, which obviously, it, it Jonah, or David, it does take some rethink by a lot of the institutions in this realm. Absolutely. One thing that we're seeing is, first of all, there's such a valuable place for higher ed. Please don't interpret it any yep. other way. But what we're seeing is the model needs to change a little bit. So this is a generation, what we're hearing from them is they, 
I need to see a deeper connection between what I'm learning and how it applies. So some of these classes that tend to be focused on the past, well, very interesting, are a harder sell for Gen Z because they're like, what does this help me for the future? So here's a generation that's way interested in experiential learning. So if my class could incorporate an internship, very attracted to them. Or if they bring in business lectures, you know, um, from businesses, that's also feels like a little bit more of a deeper connection between what I'm learning and how it's going to apply. J- Jonah, how big is your class in, in your high school right now? So my class in my high school is somewhere around 800 students. So it is a relatively, I go to a school that has between two and 3,000 students. It's a relatively big high school. And, and how many of that 800 do you think are, are thinking along your lines and, and thinking uh, about what that next step actually should be and not just necessarily going right into college? You know, I think a lot of people are considering whether or not they're completely sold on it. I think I'm hearing a lot of people that say, especially when I tell them, you know, I, I'm thinking about taking a gap and keep working. People across the board, students-wise, are like, you know, that sounds interesting. What are you going to be doing? And I think whether or not a lot of people will for sure end up doing it, it's the fact that a lot of Gen Zers and my peers are considering it. What I do find across the board, though, those that are going, as of right now, have a very determined career path. So these are people who are going to school who say, I'm going to become an engineer. I'm going to become a doctor. I'm going to become, you know, a PR specialist. Whatever it is, it's not, I don't know what I want to be yet. And that's what I find very interesting is that they really do have figured out earlier. A lot of pressure has been put on them to get professional experience at a younger age. And smart businesses are saying, hey, you know, I want to tap into that. So we're seeing a lot of businesses get savvy and don't just reach out for a college intern, but reach out to a high school intern so that they can get on the radar even earlier. One of the uh, other touch points that you guys bring up in the book is this this fear of missing out uh, for Gen Zers. Uh, Jonah, David, who would like to take that? I'll take that. You know, we've grown up in a world where – we can have access to any information at our fingertips at any time we want. So right now, for example, I'm sitting on the phone call. If I wanted to know what every one of my friends are doing, I could log on to Snapchat, Twitter, find out where they are, what they're doing, Snapchat, and find out exactly where they are. So naturally, when we don't have access to that information, when we don't have access to our phones, we're going to fear that we could be missing out on something. I think think there's going to be upsides and downsides to FOMO. On one hand, if they have a fear of missing out, I think they're going to be really great at coming to the workplace and streamlining a lot of processes. One thing we heard again and again in researching for the book was Gen Z felt the other generations overthought a lot of things and took too long. So I think they are going to be good to say, let's just try it, let's get out there, let's do it, and maybe cut out a lot of the deep, long processes. But I do think at the same time we have to be careful because – this generation can act too quickly, and you don't want you know them having a company spend all this resources to move something that it was only just a quick fad that came and went. So it's going to be a delicate balance, but I think there'll be upsides and downsides to FOMO when they enter the workplace. Well, then, then let me play off a, a, and ask you this then, David, because one of the other points that you talk about in the book is the fact that Gen Zers have this drive. They have this want. And that is obviously something that for a lot of people is a very, uh, it's a strong quality to have. But as you just mentioned, it it at times has to be a tempered move as well. Absolutely. Because sometimes, but what we don't do, we don't explain to them why. We'll say things like, well, that's the way it's always been done. And that won't make sense to them versus 
No, we have to take a little bit longer here because of A, B, or C. And sometimes you just don't assume that they're going to know that. But I think the fact that they're pushing us to do things quicker is not a bad thing. Jonah? Yeah, I agree, because across the board, as my dad mentioned, we, we believe that there is a way to streamline a majority of processes. And, not, and we know that there's some things that are in ways that they have to be, and that's not going to be changed. But a lot of the ways, if you let us give you a chance that we are an authority figure on this whole new technology epidemic, we are so immersed to it that we understand how to do everything at all times, that maybe we can offer you a strategy or a new model to help you advance and speed up a lot of your process. It, it, David, it, it, this does feel like when, when you're linking Gen X and, and Gen Z together, uh, it does feel a little bit cyclical uh, and that, you know, millennials are going to have their kids that are probably going to be that group from 2012 to whatever that year is. Is this a really kind of a cyclical thing that we're going to see Gen X, Gen Z, and then whatever that next generation is 30, down, 30 years down the road? I think you definitely see traits because we do see a lot of, you know, Gen X traits in Gen Z from their independence they're willing to try what's been considered alternative paths. Um, we are going to see that. But at the same time, Gen Xers you know, definitely turned out to be a very skeptical generation, always assuming the worst. And we're not seeing that as much with Gen Z. So I think, you know, while you'll see definitely traits from Gen Xers in Gen Z, we're also seeing that Gen Z does have some of their own unique traits that are nothing like um, Gen X parents. Jonah? Yeah, you know, I think... One thing that's cool amongst Gen Zers and their relationships with their Gen X parents is that we really do have a tight bond. And we saw that. That's not something necessarily new. We saw millennials have a very tight bond with their boomers. But that doesn't mean we were raised the same way. We were raised really differently, as I mentioned at the beginning. But across the board, a lot of Gen Zers will tell you, if you, if you go and just ask anyone, that they share common themes and common likes amongst their parents, like certain fashion styles, music, and a lot of pop culture things Gen X parents are really bonding over with their Gen Z child, children. Well, I, I guess one of the other interesting things to kind of wrap it up that uh, you guys talk about is the fact that, uh, Jonah, Gen Z wants to have more face-to-face instead correct. of just relying on email and text, correct? Yes. Yeah, so in our first national study, we've done three, we identified that 82% of Gen Z said that when given the opportunity, they prefer face-to-face communication. Now, and that's everybody seems to be the most shocked by that finding, you know, because we are so immersed in technology that a lot of times people just assume the only way we like to communicate is via text right. or email through the phone. But in reality, we crave that opportunity to have that in-person communication. We want to look you in the eye. So when you're given the chance as a boss or as an employer, maybe instead of shooting your and the employee text, if you can just walk over there and just talk to them face-to-face for a couple minutes, that really will be an advantage to them, and they will really feel valued in that company. Which makes me, David, feel like we're going to be moving into a, a better territory in the next few years because a lot of people have said our reliance on email and text has taken away from our business world a lot. Absolutely, and I think I think all generations are in the mood for a little bit of a digital detox, yeah. as we say. Yeah. But I, what the nice thing about it is everyone's just so quick, as Jonah mentioned, to assume that Gen Z, oh, shoot them a text when they're hungry for that face-to-face communication. And those that just assume shoot them a text could be missing out on a great opportunity to recruit and ultimately retain this generation if they don't incorporate more of that face-to-face communication. Gentlemen, great job on the book. Thank you, David. Thank you, Jonah. All the best to you both.
Pleasure. Thank you. Great to have you with us here today. Uh, it is a phenomenal book. David Stillman uh, and Jonas Stillman. The book is Gen Z at Work. They are The book is uh, out in bookstores right now and is available online for your purchase as well. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.